Hey, Bob, what are we doing today? We are actually talking to, and this is going to be super weird because we're talking to another Kevin. And uh, so we've got Kevin Long and Kevin Jeski. We're going to talk about Facebook application development pre and post Cambridge Analytica era. We're probably going to talk about some security headlines that have come up this week as well because... They've really been interesting to me, and I know Kevin and Kevin, we're just going to say Kevin a bunch of times on the show tonight. So uh, I'm Bob, and uh, the first Kevin that we're going to do, Kevin G, say hey. Hey. And we've got Kevin Long, a Kevin L. Say hey, Kevin. Hey, Kevin. (laughs) (laughs) You you were going to do that. So... uh, Kevin Long, friend of mine, longtime friend of mine since we were sophomores in high school, early sophomores in high school. And uh, Kevin has developed and released a couple of apps all over on different platforms, but a couple on Facebook as well. So we're going to ask Bob and Kevin from the Bob and Kevin Show. We're going to ask some questions of Kevin about that experience and how things have changed. Uh, but let's let everyone else introduce themselves. Kevin G, what's going so, on? So this is an interesting topic because I've recently quit Facebook. Um, I I only joined it because MySpace apparently wasn't cool anymore. Then we had to join <laughs> Facebook, and now like old people, and I guess I'm in that demographic now. Has uh, you know, Facebook is known for the uh, non millennials, it seems. Um, but uh, I ended up quitting it because I just. I just feel like it's a moral cesspool of, you know, incompetence going on over there just north of, uh, or I guess it's just south of San Francisco. Anyway, so um, I'm interested in uh, hearing maybe what the other Kevin uh, has to say about some of this. Kevin, introduce yourself. Kevin L. Hello, everyone. My name's Kevin Long, and I am the CEO of Social Imposter and also the CEO of MVP Sports Media Training. And uh, that's socialimposter.com with an O-R. And uh, my software uh, goes out and it identifies fake social media accounts for high profile and celebrity people, and then uh, turns it into the networks for them to remove it. So I know that Kevin's current software is based on the socialimposter.com platform that he built or he and his team built. But I think one of the primary, correct me if I'm wrong, Kevin, um, the primary one thing we want to talk about early on today is the diligence stuff that connects with the Facebook APIs. Is that true? Uh, Yes. And I, I was the CEO of diligence. We closed that down about a year ago. So maybe news to you, but uh, I closed it down in June of 2016 but uh, yes, we had applications on due uh, diligence, both YOU due diligence and the letter due diligence that uh, searched on uh, Facebook uh, and Twitter and Instagram and several other platforms for uh, potential uh, negative comments or keywords that were problematic or potentially problematic and put them. Uh, put them into alerts for parents and onto a dashboard that parents could log in and see. And uh, the due diligence version actually did it for student athletes at collegiate, collegiate athletic departments. So talk to us a little bit about the data access that you had when that was a Facebook 
uh, API type integration? Sure. Um, as with any API, you need to have a security token and then um, you need to have a program that will send specific calls uh, or requests, I guess would be a more common uh, language term for it to the network and the language and the way that they have in their protocols for you to ask for the data. Uh, and you can pretty much ask for just about anything uh, depending on the level of uh, content that you're looking for. And you can ask by username, by, uh, by account uh, URL number. Um, you can ask for groups of people, for pages. You know, there's a lot of different ways that you can uh, retrieve the data or, or different ways that you can ask for the data on those things and still get, um, still get the answers back. But they pretty much lay it out for you what you need to do in order to, uh, to submit those requests. And then it just automatically um, sends them in and, and uh, they respond with the request or the data that you've requested and, and uh, bring it back to you. And you, you do with it whatever your, whatever your heart desires, which kind of led to a little bit of problem in some cases. So, Yeah, like for instance, once I have said information, there, there's no way for anyone to validate whether or not I still have it after maybe access gets revoked. Maybe I'm sticking it over here in a, in a dark DB, so to speak, selling it to somebody else. There's, I mean, there's really no way to track that, is there? Um, I don't believe that there is any way to track it. Um, or at least there wasn't when I was doing it. But uh, uh, you do, when you sign up for the app, you agree that you're not going to do that. So honor uh, system. On, <laughs> yeah, it relies on the honor system in order to uh, make that function properly. Uh, or not properly. It, it relies on you to, to follow through on your word. And obviously some people don't uh, do that. And that got uh, Facebook into a little bit of a, of a situation and, and I, which I think was probably largely blown out of proportion due to the alleged recipient and beneficiary of that data. But it was, you know, turned into a political thing and, and uh, you know, turned into much bigger uh, issue than it ever was, ever should have been because uh, the previous occupant of the White House did the same thing and far worse uh, four years before. So it's not like it hasn't been done on that side of the aisle as well. So it's, and, and not just the political side, people in, in business do it all the time or did it all the time to try and find out what people were thinking, what they, you know, who they could contact, who they could push information out to to try and get them to buy their products or see their ads or articles or whatever. Even news, even the media is guilty of doing it. So it's not that they're holier than now attitude on this is somewhat comical to me. So, so what, Oh, go ahead, Kevin. So what responsibility would you lay at the feet of Facebook for safeguarding their data? I guess it's not their data, you, their user data. Well, I, I mean, the thing is, when you sign up to use, Facebook's a private platform. You're using it by choice. And when you sign up to use it, you give them permission to do whatever they want with the data. It becomes theirs. And, you know, you know that, when, or you should know that when you sign up, it's in the small print. And it's, if you don't read that information or you don't want that to happen, then you don't have to be on Facebook. You don't have a right to be on Facebook. You know, it's a private entity. 
and you know it's their data once you put it into the system and they can pretty much do what they want to with it now having said that they set ground rules that didn't allow people to do or that was supposed to prevent people from doing what happened and you know they relied on those people to to you know be true to their word and they weren't so you know i don't know that facebook can take a lot of blame with this it's the user who didn't follow the rules and in the end it's facebook's data once you put it on there it's not yours anymore well so, according to zuckerberg that's not true though zuckerberg says you own your data it's not our data I mean, that's a that's a pretty good public uh, position to have, but at least in the beginning, anything you put on there was not your data. It was it belonged to the network, and they could use it for anything they wanted to. Which was why you started seeing your face appear in ads on uh, your friends' pages for uh, different products because they're able to take your pictures and use them. Uh, they stopped that practice after it became um, people started questioning, well, why is why is Bob why are Bob and Kevin you know, selling shaving cream, you know, why is their face, you know, why is their picture on that? Um, I've got, I've got two thoughts. I got to put pins in so I can try to remember them. So thought number one is, okay, I signed up for Facebook in 2000, whatever. And then, you know, over time they've kind of crept their terms of service. Yes. It's unilateral. Well, we can do this now. You can do this now. And you're not going to read this. And it's 17 pages. I'm, I'm making that number up. It's a really long read and you, you're not going to read it. It is sent you the email and at some point you realize that the 2008 you know state of mind when somebody signs up and, and the 2018 state of mind you know yeah it might have changed but ha you know erosion of of the things that i thought was true are no longer there so how how do you think terms of services are uh kind of maybe misused or not i guess well, I think there's a couple of things to what you said that uh, are I find interesting. One is that, as as I recall, pretty much any time you do an update on the the version of the of the software, whether it's on your computer or on your phone, the the update, whether it's iOS or Android version um, of the Facebook app, you're accepting the the new terms if they've changed since the last time you've used it. Anytime you use their service, you agree to the terms of service you know that's part of what you signed up when you signed on to the app and you sign in and leave it signed in most people don't sign out when they they leave the app so every time you sign in you're you're agreeing to their terms of service now All if right. you're like if you're like me after that cambridge analytica thing i mean everything under the sun that i've ever signed up for i got emails saying you know the terms of service and privacy uh, statement has changed. I mean, I'm talking hundreds of things that I forgot I even knew I was involved with. What, was that from Facebook and Cambridge Analytica or from GDPR? Well, it, the emails weren't from Facebook and Cambridge Analytica. I believe that the reason that everyone changed all those policies is because of the feedback, uh, the negative blowback that Facebook got for the Cambridge Analytica uh, situation. And yeah. you didn't see that until about two or three weeks after that Cambridge Analytica thing, all of a sudden you got all those blasts of emails. I'm still getting them trickling in. Um, and I do think also another thing that contributes to it is anybody that's doing business in Europe, they've changed their privacy laws significantly over in the EU. 
and they all had to become compliant by a certain date. And I think it was around the same time that the Cambridge Analytica thing happened. So that might have been a contributing factor as well uh, to anybody, any of the places that you're signed up with that do business in Europe. They had to issue a statement change right. their terms to be compliant there. So my final pin that I, before I forget. Okay, so back in the day, we had MySpace. And then we're like, hey, there's a prettier girl. It's called Facebook. <laughs> uh, so we moved over there. And then over time, MySpace got killed off. Then Facebook decided to go Pac-Man on all the competition and, and gobble up Instagram and gobble up WhatsApp. And then now they just, they've got so much clout, they can just change their terms of service to, hey, we own your shit, for lack of a better term. And now if I want to quit Facebook, which I did, guess what? There's no competition. In fact, Mark Zuckerberg, when asked by Congress, hey, what's your competition? He, he couldn't really come up with anything. I mean, you can't even count, um, shit, what's it called? Google Plus anymore, because that's, yeah, that's not serious, right? So what would you say to people who want to quit Facebook, but they are feel like they have the, the blue handcuffs because there is no alternative? Um, well, you can always pick up the phone and call your friends. Um, you know, be old school about it. And uh, before you're, you're young enough, you may not remember the pre-social media days when you actually had to get on the phone and, and call your friends to find out what was going on in their <laughs> lives or to, to meet up with them somewhere. For, but, the, for the record, I was born four decades ago. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I, you don't sound like somebody that was born four decades no, ago. No, he's still a young punk. Don't let him kid you. So, so yeah, I, um, uh, I am definitely... But if you're talking about in the social media world, there's probably not a lot of options that have the same type of, of uh, service and... and uh, quantity of, of specialties or not specialties, quantity of, of modules that Facebook has. Hey, let's and they've done a good job Vero. at building all let's, those things out. Let's not forget about Vero. Come on, kids. Vero's up and coming. <laughs> I don't even know what that is, but okay. It's <laughs> I'm kind showing of tongue, my age here. It's kind of tongue in cheek. It's not oh. bearing very well, but they tried to be a Facebook replacement and I think are failing miserably. Well, I, look, there's, there's, um, if you, if you're in a younger age group than any of us are in, you know, our, our kids age, they're all on Snapchat and that's replaced for them. That's replaced Facebook. None of them are on Facebook. Um, you know, a lot of the kids in between there, they communicate now on Instagram is a, is a big one as well. And even though that's owned by Facebook, uh, it's a different medium, and and uh, they have two or three Instagram accounts, and they do different things with each one. Yeah, and, you and I've talked about that for sure. Yeah, so, so it's, I, it, it, there's not really to, to answer your question directly. There's not really a comparable alternative to Facebook if that's what you want to do and that's how you want to engage your friends. Then so, so you're let pretty me much throw, stuck with it. So let me throw the Molotov cocktail of questions into the mix here. Is Facebook too big? Should they be broken up? And could you say the same about Google? They just, they have so much buying power that they can just snuff out the competition. And so much data. Yes. Well, I mean, I have a, I have a hard time. Um, I'm a free market guy. So if you can build it and make it big and, and uh, be successful and, 
and wipe out your competition. That's capitalism. That's big market. That's the way to go. So with, so standard, I, with standard Oil and AT&T in the right then? I do think they were, yes. I don't see why if somebody is successful that you penalize them and break them up. Well, I, I I can see the opinion. I mean, it, it's it's now uh, law that we have antitrust laws. I understand. Once you get so powerful, you you crush. You literally consume everybody, and and that creates an unfair you know market. And when AT and T was broke up, you know we got the little bells. And when we had Standard Oil got broke up, um, we got the you know the little oil companies out of that and. Whether or not that was good or bad, you know, I don't know. I'm I'm definitely no scholar of of that. But I would say that you know, in the modern era, I think Google and Facebook are two likely candidates that might draw some attention. Whether or not they're too big, just just my humble opinion. Well, I don't. I wouldn't disagree with you that um, government regulators, government bureaucrats, are always looking for something to do and stick their nose into people's business and companies' business. So I wouldn't disagree with you that, that they're not potentially being targeted or, or talked about as, as targets of opportunity for regulators to bust them up. But I, I think, you know, from, a, from, a, from an entrepreneur's perspective where you want to make something and make it the best and the, the biggest and, and dominate, you got to appreciate what they've done and uh, salute them for, for how they've, you know, maybe not how they've done it, but salute them for the end result of what they've put together. Um, and it is, although on the other side of things, I can understand how people would be scared and, and concerned, maybe is a better word, for having one or two companies have that much information about everybody in the world is, uh, is you know, it's very Orwellian. But, well, it, uh, it could lead to blackmail, to be quite honest, because if just, I mean, for instance, Amazon, I go buy, you know, browse, I don't buy. I'm an Amazon Prime member. I expect, you know, that Amazon kind of not share with DoubleClick and all these ad networks, you know, what I'm interested in. Then I go over to a different website and sure enough, right there at the top in a huge giant banner, hey, did you want to buy that one thing that's over back at Amazon? I'm pretty pissed at Amazon for like, hey, look, dudes, um, I, I pay you money to be a member and you're still mining my stuff and making a buck off that. Can you knock that shit off? Um, so I think what we've seen, just because you can build the mechanism to collect all this information, I don't know that it makes it right or good. You know, insert the proverbial just because you can, should you. Um, so I, I think Facebook, you know, finds itself in an interesting position because they have so many users. I think they cross 2 billion now that now they have to decide what content to show, conservative, liberal, somewhere in between, you know, what's hate speech, what isn't hate speech. Um, you can have their information as long as you play by these rules and it's honor system. There's just a lot of gray area, I think. And I don't know what the answer is, to be frank. Um, well, they, to... to Add a little bit to what you're saying. The right now you can't have any of it in the post Cambridge Analytica area just yet. But um, you know the the other thing is you you got to think that these guys, well, yeah, they're profitable and they make a lot of money, um, and a, a lot of the money that they make is from 
positioning ads based on your your information, your data that you've provided to them willingly and of your own own choice. Um, and they don't charge you to use this service, this great communicative tool, uh, revolutionary way to communicate. Um, you know, your phone, if you want to call somebody, you got to pay a phone bill every month. You, you got to use the internet. Uh, well, maybe not the internet, but you got to use the, you got to use Facebook, you got to use Google, you got to use Amazon uh, for free. You get reduced price goods on Amazon because they are uh, such a large uh, company that they have buying power and they have sway over suppliers. Same thing with Walmart. But, you know, you got to pay to, to, uh, to use services like this if you don't want people to use your data, if you so, don't want them to sell your data. So Tim Cook, CEO of Apple, went on record saying, if you're, if you're using a free product, guess what? You are the product because of basically what you're saying there. However, comes back to kind of, you know, guidelines, morals, ethics. So Amazon, you brought up, you know, you get reduced costs and all that. But see, that kind of has a net effect on mom and pops, you know, here in small town, Indiana, where I'm at, because... Um, well, let's look at the brick and mortar example. So I used to work at Walmart and I totally agree. They come in and they wipe out mom and pops because they just have buying power. They, they have logistics efficiency. So Amazon's kind of the, the virtual version of that and they're doing it well. Um, so at some point, am I, well, honestly, what I would like to be able to tell Amazon is, Hey, can you, can you not give me that discount so I can have my privacy? And, but that's not even an option. And I know that sounds crazy. Wait, you want to pay more? Well, kind of, because if it means giving up my privacy, can I at least have the option? Yeah, but you're in the minority when you say that, though, Kevin. Totally. Most consumers, you know, uh, and we've talked about this on the show before, you know, that whole thing is like, oh, damn Facebook for stealing my data. Damn Google for stealing my data. But Spotify just told me the next song that I want to hear. And oh, my God, they were perfectly right guess what? They were stealing your data to know what song you wanted to listen to. <laughs> and everybody, I mean, 99.9% of the people using Amazon would prefer to save two cents on something versus worrying about what uh, information they have about you or they understand your shopping patterns or where you click on a screen, all that data that they're collecting and analyzing and using. I mean, I, I mean, I, I would rather do that. I mean, I look for a gas station where it's a penny less a gallon. And what am I getting? 25 gallons at a time. So I'm saving a quarter. You know, it's it's all kind of been driven into you growing up that you want the best deal that you can get. And you don't necessarily think about the uh, consequences of that deal. Well, you know, you're becoming an educated consumer now and saying, well, wait a minute. The cost is my data. Then like to save the, the extra 10 cents or whatever a dollar or $10 or whatever the cost is, I'd rather pay more and not do that. There are more people I think that are becoming uh, of that mindset, but I don't believe that you're going to find enough people that are in that mindset that you're going to see Amazon in trouble. Well, I I would agree with you, but I would also posit that most people don't know how the internet works like the three of us. And they, they don't realize how much, you know, they're giving up for, for that model. And then let me give you another scenario. Let's say, I mean, I mean, you can't go a day without seeing some breach at some company and there's some data that went out. So wait a second, you collect all this uh, information so I could save two cents on this product, but now you couldn't secure it well enough. 
because for whatever reason, and now all that information's out there, and this information uh, could be blackmailed. Now, I'm not an Ashley Madison user, but the Ashley Madison one was a, you know, kind of a prime example when that database got hacked, you know, people, you know, were less than happy that their email address would show up in there and so on and so forth. So let's, you know, I think uh, getting hacked is an inevitability almost for anybody. And so let's say Facebook gets hacked or Google gets hacked and, and, or, or it's an inside job because most jobs are inside, you know, or at least helps uh, from the inside. And information about your profile is now public. So the, 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 the scenario where I thought my information was at least in this closed container is now no longer there and now I'm at risk. So Facebook, you know, can do what, you know, can try their butt off to secure it. Um, but let's say it gets out like the Cambridge Analytica, you know, stuff got out. At what point, you know, sh let me ask you this. Do you think Facebook should be um, fined, reprimanded, written a nasty letter? <laughs> you know, what, what, what's their, um, uh, I guess, I don't want to call it punishment, but what's their consequence for, and, the, and Cambridge Analytica isn't their first and it won't be their last, but what, what should their consequence be for not safeguarding this information very well? Right. Well, that's, a, that's an excellent question, and it's one that um, right now I, it's consumers being pissed at them is what their, their consequence is, and users being pissed at them, and people like you quitting. Uh, enough, if enough people do that, then all of a sudden they gotta have, they're going to have to change what they're doing. But well, well, let me jump the in there. Let me jump in there and bring up my one of my ten earlier points. One of them, people don't leave, and I've talked to a lot of people because they, they spent so long getting mom and dad into Facebook. They finally got them in there, and now they're like, "Shit, I live halfway across the country now, and this is the only way I have to talk to them." Yes, we could use cell phones, but I can't share grandkid photos. You know, as easy. You know, we can text them and all that. But do you, you understand why? At some point, yeah, I should quit comes into somebody's mind, but I can't because it would just be too much. You know, I got all these loose connections I don't want to keep. You know, just, it's just there's just some of that. I don't even know how to label that. What, what do you call it's, it? It's gambling. You know, it's, it's legalized gambling, right? You know your data is at some point going to get breached. You're willing to take the risk because it's easy. It's convenient for you. Um, and someone's providing you a free service. So you're taking this risk with your data, your pictures, your information, your credit card numbers, you're putting it all out there. And, un, and you know, some people may not understand the risk, but a lot of people now it's been publicized enough do understand that there's a risk to doing anything online. And you, you're, you're choosing to do it. So uh, as a consumer, or if I was a, if I was worried about that uh, as a consumer, then I would make a different choice if it, if that risk was too great for me, I would make a different decision. All right. I'm glad uh, you know, granted, I know that you told me that I'm, I'm a little bit different than most of the general public because of my background and my quasi knowledge in this area. Um, but, you know, I go back to the responsibility and the decision to do it is voluntary and it's yours. If you decide you don't want to do it, do what you did, you know. All right. Pull, pull up stakes and lead. All right. I'm not trying to do a gotcha here, but I think I gotcha. So let me throw something uh, at you. <laughs> you've been trying to do a gotcha since we started. I've been I know the setup techniques. Come on. Okay. Well well at least at least I'm warning you. So <laughs> um so we have a law here in America called COPPA or COPA, I'm not sure how to pronounce it. So basically you can't sign up for an account unless you're 13 years old or older. 
So that, that creates a bit of a donut hole there from 13 to 17 of kids who aren't legally adults and actually can't legally enter into a contract and can't legally make a good decision. And before you say, well, their parents suck <laughs> for signing them up, um, there's going to be, you know, a group of kids who sign up despite their parents' wishes because they have, you know, we're in a cell phone world now, yada, yada, yada. What do the 13 to 17-year-old kids um, have, you know, are, are they being harmed in some way? Are they being taken advantage of? Because Zuckerberg obviously knows how to maximize privacy, you know, private data where a, a 13 year old really has no idea of the implications of uploading, you know, questionable photos. So how do, how do we handle the 13 to 17? year old? Well, we're in a good situation here because I have a 13 year old riding about three feet behind me in the truck as we're driving home. And I can tell you that you're absolutely right. The, the understanding of that part of it is absolutely not there. However, uh, as a parent, you have a responsibility to either educate your kids about these things or flat out tell them no. You take the phone from them and take the app off. You don't let them have it. Sure, they can go away and put it back on again, but then you just take it off or you take yeah, can they go and get a, access a computer or someone else's phone and do it? Yes, they can. But you got to have some sort of relationship with your child to where you're able to control what they do and put them in a position to succeed. And I'm not, the, the amount of stuff, I guess, that, that I'm not going to step into this one in that, in that regard. <laughs> yeah, no worries. Well, we, no, and we that's don't expect to have answers. So. That's 100% okay. I just want to bring into the conversation Hi, it's Bob over here, by the way. I've been quiet for a long time, just soaking it all in. Um, and the two Kevins have been going at it. But legally, from a legal perspective, that 13 to 17-year-old kind of like donut hole that you're talking about, Kevin G., uh, legally, as parents, we're responsible for those 13 to 17-year-olds. So the understanding is, is if my 13-year-old gets Facebook account, I have legally consented for that to happen. So that's my responsibility. That's how the entity, I'm doing the air quotes thing, the entity gets away with that. So I wanted to loop it back to something that came up much earlier in the conversation. Kevin, you alluded to the fact, and I agree with this, that the, the Cambridge Analytica and the political influence aspect about data around Facebook in particular um, was kind of the tipping point, kind of the media latch on point that made this a big story. I would be interested to hear, Kevin Long, some of your um, takes on other companies that have probably abused data. And then I actually want to get you, we talked about penalties as well. I think all app developers have been penalized from the Cambridge Analytica perspective because, um, and Kevin Long, you can chime in here too as well, that if you had an application on the platform, you have to reauthorize that and jump through a bunch of new hoops, even if you weren't using the data nefariously. So first thing, talk about some of the other companies that have probably abused this data that weren't quite as, uh, you know, such of a media darling to bring this to the forefront. And then how you feel as an app developer with the penalization for Cambridge Analytica's public, you know, outing, basically. I, well, I mean, I think that your data has been consumed and used for decades by 
anytime you've gone to a brick and mortar store to shop, uh, you go to a supermarket and you got a, you know, you got a, a, a you know, shopper's club card. Well, why do you think you get coupons that spit out every time you, you buy your groceries? They, they give you a coupon for things that you normally buy or that is a competitor of something that you buy because they know what you're buying. And they use that to try and influence your decision to buy more or to buy something that's a little bit different. Um, they're abusing your your normal grocery shopping habits. Why aren't we up in arms over this? This has been going on for much longer than they're putting Facebook. Um, I think that every uh, every smart company tries to collect, gather, buy, ascertain in some way data on their customers because it's too expensive to try and obtain new customers in an inefficient, ineffective, and not intelligent way anymore. And there's so much data out there about people that you can get in any number of scenarios from people who've collected it for various reasons that you should be able to identify who your target demographic is and then find someone that has someone or someones that have those data sets available for you to make smart decisions on how to try and market your products. So anybody that's selling something, whether it be a car, a semi-truck, you know, groceries or softball bat, any of those things, they know pretty much anything or can find the data that would allow them to make better decisions on where to spend their advertising dollars. And the whole thing, I mean, money drives everything. You know, it drives the military industrial complex. It drives the the people who mass produce things. It, you know, the whole entire economy around the world is based on cash, at least for the time being. And it is uh, what creates the opportunities or the, the desires to, to saturate or not saturate, to soak up this data and then turn around and use it to your advantage to try and increase your profits, increase your sales. So I don't, I mean, there's anytime you send a package by FedEx or UPS, they keep the information about that and they know your shipping habits. They know where you're sending stuff. They know, they know the weight of those packages. They know how frequently you send them. So, I, I mean, there's hardly anything you do now that isn't a data set for somebody that someone can use to try and help, you know, as, as Mr. Zuckerberg would like to say, make your life easier and make your life better. We give people the content that we think is going to improve their life and make them better. And, you know, that's and a catchphrase that he uses all the time whenever you hear him talk. Right. And, and he didn't invent it either because no. you and I were engaged in retargeting campaigns for you diligence well before Facebook was even a real thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. We were. And it's, I, and it's, it's really, I think the, a couple of things that have really made it uh, significantly more uh, important is the ability to keep store and gather more data now than we've ever been able to before because of uh, technology continues to advance and we increase the uh, increase the ability to store those things and, and the computers keep getting better and better so you're able to figure out how to use them use the data more efficiently and effectively. And so that's contributed to it. The economy going uh, north and doing well has contributed to it. 
there's a lot of factors that go into it. But it's like, let's get back to something, Bob, you and I used to play baseball together in high school. If you were on second base or if you were up at the plate and you wanted to know what the pitcher's throwing, you might look out of the corner of your eye and see what signal the catcher drops down. Right. And you have a good idea on what's coming now. All these people are doing is doing the same thing. They're stealing a sign in order to try and figure out how to best use the talent and the resources that they have to make more money and to do better or to improve the company's position how, or style. How does that how does that strategy work at the Bellagio though? I mean, I mean meaning if if you try to peek on That's, see what the dealers got, you're you're gonna get the different response. So I think it that is pretty funny because Kevin is a gambler. <laughs> So, I, I, you know, baseball, I think that's part of the heritage, but I, I don't know that transcends to every part of life where, hey, if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. It's, you know, this is it's not school. about cheating, though. It's about take, it, using data that's out there and available is not cheating. It's, there's no law against doing it. So if there's not, if you're not breaking the law, you're not cheating. You're not doing anything wrong. You don't Are have you to doing have a something law, that may be. I'm sorry. You don't have to have a law. A lo- laws don't govern everything. We have, you know, religions with Bibles. We have, you know, uh, laws, you know, that'll send you to jail. And we have ethics and uh, morals somewhere in between. Meaning, um, if if I were to get a hold of your browsing history and I posted it to, you know, a public website, I don't know, and not you specifically, but anyone's, you know, just, I had browsinghistory.org and I just you know what because I wrote a Chrome extension and I can harvest any URL you've ever been to ever and I'll just just you know put it out there now all I'm doing is I wrote a Chrome extension and I'm peeking at it peeking at what you're browsing and then I'm posting it to the internet I'm not breaking a law is that okay from a legal perspective it is from a moral perspective it's debatable because everybody's morals are different some people would care about that. Other people wouldn't care. Uh, I would say, I'd say you're true, but let me ask, what would Kevin Long think about that? Would, would, I, you, be, would you be okay with that? I, I'm a pretty black and white person. Uh, you know, it's either right or it's wrong. And, you know, from a, from a perspective of a business, in a business situation, I would react differently than I would probably in a personal situation. All right, if a Bob. business, if I'm trying to make money for my business and my fiduciary responsibility is to maximize profits for my company, I legally can to increase the profits for my company. And if that means gathering and selling data, as long as people are, are um, provide legal and fair fashion, then, and you've alerted them to what you're doing and they are voluntarily putting it in, then absolutely, I have no problem with people. Well, well, that. the voluntarily, remember, we the premise was is you, you were stealing a sign. That's not voluntary. The catcher didn't voluntarily give the batter or the anyone the sign. The, the catcher put the sign down. I was looking. That doesn't. That's not cheating. It's not volu- involuntarily. The catcher didn't have to put a sign down. But you could have thrown the pitch. All right, Bob, do you want me to post your browsing history? Uh, All of it. It's <laughs> no, our, no filtering. It's our which which device? <laughs> all all of them. <laughs> oh, 
it's probably already posted somewhere anyway. I know someone's making ad revenue off my browsing history on any one of my devices. No, um, they're, they're actually building a dossier so they can send you the blackmail check or uh, note here soon if you pay this in Bitcoin. You're, you're very paranoid, Kevin, it seems. <laughs> yes, that is Kevin's role in the show. He's the yes. tinfoil hat guy well, for sure. Mr. Mr. Long, some of my background, I worked for the government in in this sort of fashion. So my paranoia tell, may, may sound paranoia or may be fact-based. So tell anyway, them what your problem. primary responsibility was. Communications for the uh, uh, Middle Eastern War Theater. Yeah. So communications. So there you go. <laughs> so Bob, do you want me to post your browsing history? Uh, no. All right. And, and you know, I'm, I'm just, I'm inventing things, but I would say just because there's no law, that, that shouldn't be your left and right limit. I think there has to be some sort of governing, policing, ethics, morals, industry. Hey, you know, that's, that's kind of off limits, just like baseball. If we go back to the baseball analogy, guess what? You, you only hit the catcher if he's going to make a play. You, you know, you don't, uh, if, if you hit the batter, um, you can expect the batter to come to the mound and you can expect a retaliation uh, hit as well. Cause those are, all those are legal. Well, you'll probably actually get suspended for all those. But anyway, the point is, is the industry has to govern itself at some point. Otherwise, they're just going to take advantage of mom and dad, the proverbial mom and dad, because they, but they don't have got the thing is they have governed themselves. Facebook doesn't sell your data, doesn't say, OK, Bob, you can buy Kevin's data. Facebook right. says, you can pimp, uh, you know, they pimp your data, which is just as bad, right? They say, hey, I've got some users on the inside of my walled garden who would love to see your product in front of yes. them. Yes, and that's different. That's a completely different scenario than saying, okay, I'm going to sell Bob's, you know, address, phone number, and everything. If Instead of, of you know, the, the, uh, the what's the place we went to eat dinner? You always like to go to, Bob, the the corner bar that you go to all the time oh gammon coach house yes gammon, instead of gammon coach house coming and saying i want everybody that's within a three block radius of me to get an ad served on them every time they turn the internet on that's but, different than than the internet company going well here's all 400 people that live within four blocks of you okay that's so, so i'm gonna op- i'm gonna open up a giant can of worms right now because i i consider myself a very diligent listener so kevin which ones? Uh, Kevin Long. Let's say that you are a less than, your company would be a less than ethical group. And someone through doing their due diligence has discovered that you have an app that's green lighted on a given data collection network. And they know that pre Cambridge Analytica, there were no constraints on the data that could be collected given the API key. They could approach you and say, hey, Kevin, I know that you have a bunch of data. Would you be willing to sell it to us for X number of dollars? That's where the problem comes in. And that's what happened with the Cambridge Analytica thing, sort of, except for instead of someone coming to them and saying, hey, do you have this? Cambridge Analytica went and said, hey, I've got this. Do you want it? Um, so there's, they were unethical. The user of the data was unethical, not the 
person that provided it to them, uh, meaning the Facebook for providing it to them, the guy that signed up for it was using it for a study. Or allegedly, that's what he told them. That's why they gave them the data. So, you know, they were taken, they were hoodwinked. Should there be um, some sort of mechanism to prevent them from providing that, th that data to them? I don't know that there needs to be a regulation, but there maybe ought to be a company policy not to do that. But where do you draw the line? You know, do you, you not trust academics because most liberals are academics and they want to have, they want to be able to pontificate and talk about these things. So are you going to restrict data to people based on what they do? Are you going to restrict data to everybody? Where do you draw the line if you, if you start going down this path? Well, uh, let me jump in, Bob. So Kevin, you mentioned, Hey, maybe, you know, maybe there was a time that was before my time where we talked to people all over the phones and things like that. So just because you can make a technology doesn't mean we should. So is the answer that we just don't need social media? I, I know that seems heavy handed, but no, I, well, I mean, <laughs> I'm right there with you on that one. I never wanted to join Facebook or Twitter or any of those sites when they first came out. Um, but when I started being, uh, providing services, dealing with them, I didn't even have an account for like the first six months that I did that. And finally my wife said, Hey, if you're going to go out and talk about this, and you're going to be, uh, doing this for people. You need to have an account. So you know what you're talking about. So then I went and did it. I, you know, I must admit, I do enjoy, <clears throat> I do enjoy seeing, as you mentioned, you know, my friends, kids activities and my friends' activities, so I enjoyed looking at that stuff all the time on Facebook. But if I lost it today, I, I was very good. Bob will uh, confirm this. I, I called people all the time before social media came up, and I missed that. I would, I would prefer to go back to calling people again as to reading about them you know, five times a week online. I'd rather talk to them once a month. So but, I, I, want, I want to compare and contrast Facebook and Twitter real quick. So Twitter is actually a mostly public platform, right? So there's very little private information. I mean, even your profiles. I mean, the only thing private about Twitter would be your direct messages, maybe. Whereas uh, Facebook... You can say your, your tweets to private on there. I guess you could. You're right. But in general, the, the intent of Twitter is to be a listen to me. It's a sounding board for the entire world. Where if we look at Facebook, it's kind of a walled garden, I like to call it, where it's, well, you, you choose your groups, you choose who to share with, um, and you can do public uh, things. But in general, I think it's the opposite. Most things are intended to be for a enumerated list of people I want to you know, hear about this and no more. Uh, groups are a little bit different. Those are mostly public. Anyway, point is, is Twitter and Instagram, even though that's a Facebook property, that's mostly a look at me, look at me, you know, I'm showing off for the most part. That's what Instagram is. Um, you can have private there too. Um, but Facebook, you know, I feel like the, the deal you make with Facebook, and obviously this is not the deal, but it feels like they sell you on, hey, come share your stuff with your friends and end statement. Now, what follows next is 17 pages of really small print because you stopped reading after share stuff with friends. You know, most people say, OK, yeah, sign me up. And what ends up happening is they, you know, they, they, they pimp your profile. They match you with advertisers. And I always chuckle when I hear Zuckerberg do the old, well, we asked our users, what do they want to see? 
and they have two choices on their form. It's content that has nothing to do with what you want and content that you do want. <laughs> That's all the two choices. So of course, everyone's going to pick, yeah, I want relevant things where the form really needs three options. How about don't show me anything? Of course, that would obviously hurt their business model. But uh, anyway, more of a statement than anything. Bob, you had a statement of your own? Well, I just kind of wanted to bring it back to asking Kevin, does, do you have apps on the network that you're having to reauthorize right now? Yes. Yes, I've got, uh, for my social imposter service, I have, um, I have uh, an app on Facebook and um, they have completely shut off um, the Instagram API to anybody. So it's down and I don't believe they're going to even allow people to come back and, and access data there anymore at all. Um, the Facebook process is uh, our application approval process is very um, cumbersome. And uh, I have an unusual app in that they, they're looking for people who mostly share stuff or pull stuff and then, you know, distribute that data elsewhere, or they use it for marketing purposes or things like that. Whereas my app, I'm actually using it to identify problems on their network and then letting them know that there's a problem so that they can correct it. So my app is really a user doesn't even know that it's being used to identify fake accounts. And then I'm turning those fake accounts into the network. So I'm improving the user experience for everyone. And, uh, you know, I really think that, that they ought to expedite the uh, approval and, and um, allow me to have my app back up and running again because it's, it's uh, the whole reason I invented it was to not have to manually go through and search Bob Beatty Bar 10 million times a week to try and find the fake accounts that are out there. So do you feel that the process is effective or, I mean, like, what's your, you know, what's your gut feeling on the entire process at this point? I think that the, they're trying to do something to make it better. And I think they're trying to address some of the issues that Kevin has brought up. I don't know that the way that they're doing it is the most effective way, but I don't know how they can do it. I don't know how they could do it any better because of the sheer volume of apps that they had on their platform that are no longer working right now. Um, just the, the vast number of them that were out there, it would, it's going to take them a while to get through all of those. And, and uh, you know, the sooner that you get your application in for reapproval, the better your chances are of, of seeing your app working again in the near future. And it's, you know, I've got a unique app in that I'm not asking people to give away permissions for anything. I'm not, I'm asking for almost all public data is all I'm asking for. So mine's a little bit different situation than some of the other people that have apps on there. But I think that I don't know how they could improve their process. They're doing the best that they can. I don't know that it's efficient, but I can't really say that it's inefficient either because I can't even imagine trying to go through and review the millions of apps that have been built over the years on the platform. So they've got a difficult task ahead of them as they're trying to improve the security and the, the data um, distribution that they provide to people who are using it in a way that they're now going to either approve of or disapprove of. Why do you think that 
they will probably permanently shut down the Instagram part of it. And how do you think that's going to impact the Instagram ad process? Uh, well, I don't think it. They've put it out in their uh, in their uh, bulletins that they're they've shut down. They depreciated the the Instagram API. They're not going to provide that anymore. They've told us it was originally going to shut down in uh, I think it was either December of this year or June of next year. And we just got an email um, within a week after the Cambridge Analytica thing that said we've uh, we've expedited the the depreciation of this. Um, or deprecation of this API to today. So no do you longer think there's going to be like a Phoenix from the flame new API that's going to be a little bit more restrictive? Or, I mean, do you think Instagram as an ad revenue platform is over? I'm not saying that. I, I think that if they, I don't, I don't know that, that they weren't making any money off of the data that people were accessing the API to get anyway that they weren't charging us for the data. They were giving it to us. Right. So, but then they were turning around and selling that data to the, the API users were, or the, the people who were some people who were building the apps were doing that and they weren't supposed to, but uh, Instagram or Facebook, they, they, um, they're not getting any money off of the apps that are being built or the, the use of the API. Right. They were so just providing it to help other businesses in the ecosystem access the information and use it for, for their uh, purposes. Right. So if they shut down the API, <laughs> then the only beneficiary is Facebook slash Instagram. There not you go. Okay. So that's, that was kind of what it's, I was wondering. It's not going to impact. It, it may increase their revenue because people may come to them and say, hey, I still need the data. You know, what can I do to get it or, or you know, is there a way that, that we can work with you, tweak what we're doing in order to still have you do the things that we were doing before? So, you know, that kind of gets to Kevin's earlier point of, you know, they're becoming more authoritative, but it, it would seem to be in a way that Kevin would approve of. You know, they're controlling the data even more, uh, but they're making profit off of it. But at least they're not giving it away and putting it in a position where, uh, somebody could misuse it. So Kevin's got to be conflicted by all of that. <laughs> no, I just hate Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> so Kevin Long, we I mentioned the retargeting stuff that you and I got involved in probably, gosh, a decade and a half ago at this point. But um, did you see the headlines that uh, Google AdWords and DoubleClick are basically shutting themselves down and rebranding as something else. And what are your thoughts on that? I, I did see the headlines, but I got to tell you, I didn't read them. Um, so I, I'm not really going to be very knowledgeable on that. Um, it doesn't surprise me that they are uh, rebranding and, and reinventing themselves to try and uh, try and spin up some more activity. I mean, that's, that's a typical business strategy for about anybody. I don't know if they're going to provide any different or better services. They just may have a different, different logo and different name on the front door. But do you think that might be more along the same lines as the Instagram thing where they're just going to in-house underneath the bigger umbrella of Google basically to keep that as an internal revenue and not open up those because you could become part of the, you know, Google AdWords and the double click networks and get access to, you know, uh, 
demographic information to help target yourself mm-hmm. better. So, I mean, do you think it's more of an in-housing thing where it is going to be a pay to play to get that data for placing your ads? I, I wouldn't be surprised. Everybody's trying to find new ways to generate revenue all the time, especially in public companies. So, you know, that are, you know, fiduciary for fiduciarily responsible for increasing revenue. Um, everybody's trying to find new and inventive ways to do that. And, and that certainly would be one. So that wouldn't surprise me if that's what they're thinking about and what they're doing. Um, so we're about, we're coming up on that magical, uh, one hour number. I will say from an audio perspective, I'm going to guess that you're home right now. No, we actually pulled in so my daughter could go get something to eat. Oh, well, they are still about an hour from home. So the audio quality is much better. So you should broadcast from this location again. And I think that, uh, (laughs) we've left a lot on the table here and probably would like to have you back on to discuss more of this privacy, um, stuff because you bring more of a libertarian perspective than either Kevin or I basically at this point. So I think yeah, it makes and, a healthy conversation. And just so you know, Kevin, uh, no, you know, I'm, I ask these questions to everyone and where do I fall on the political spectrum? Actually, I'm a nightmare. I'll vote for anybody. That scares the <laughs> shit out of everyone. So. <laughs> no, I, I, uh, I appreciate it and I enjoy the banter back and forth and, and as a as also being a media trainer by trade, I enjoy the uh, the attempts to get me, trap me, put me in. So it's a challenge. I enjoy that. It's good. Well, yeah, I, I you know to be frank, I I'm pretty angry lately just because I feel like tech companies. You do are sound just, like that. Yeah, yeah. I'll give you that. <laughs> You know, we got Google making AI for the military. We got for autonomous weapons. We got you know Facebook can't do anything other than make a bunch of money and seems like they leave the back door open too often and yada, yada, yada. You know, I mean, I get a lot of, Hey, by the way, here's your free, um, you know, credit monitoring because your stuff got hacked. Have a nice day. I've gotten about four of them in the last couple of years and I'm really kind of just like pissed anymore. Like who the hell's running the internet anyway. (laughs) So Kevin Long, when we have a guest on, we will defer to you to kind of leave the audience with some parting statements about your app development, your views on this data privacy issue or anything you want. And then we'll go to Kevin G. And then, uh, I mean, I don't really have anything to close it out. I was enjoying listening and, you know, Kevin G's got his role after that. So uh, Kevin Long, parting words. Well, I, I'm a big person on personal responsibility, and I think that if you are uh, enjoying the free services that you're getting in, in social media, the internet, Google, and search engines, that uh, you got to understand that it's not free. Somebody's got to pay for it, and how these people pay for it is by selling the data that you're providing, because that's the that's their uh, currency that they have that's available by providing these things that are free. And, um, you know, at some point, somebody's got to pay for it, much like, uh, you know, universal health care. Somebody pays for it. It's not free. Somebody's paying for it. So the idea that we should be able to control everything that we put on Facebook or any other network when we put it out there and not have any consequences with it, I think is a little bit naive and, and 
people don't really understand that somebody has to pay for it. And, uh, you know, when you do sign up for things, there are a 48 page terms of service that nobody ever reads and they just click accept. There are things in there that are allowing them to do that stuff with your data. And if you don't want it, you just don't, you just don't, um, you know, you don't sign up and you don't use it and it makes it inconvenient and it's, uh, it's difficult to, function in a world if you're not able to use those things right now but those are your choices you know you either use it use it and be can be have convenience and you you uh, sacrifice your privacy or some of the information about yourself in the process or you don't use it and you pick up the phone and you call your friends and uh, those are your two choices right now and if somebody can come up with something different and something better, they're going to be a gazillionaire just like Mark Zuckerberg is. And as far as my participation in this, uh, uh, in this question and answer podcast, I, I really appreciate the time and the, the invitation to be on here. And uh, thank you guys both. I enjoyed it. And, and if you'll have me back, I look forward to coming back and talking to you guys again. All right, I'm going to go ahead and uh, uh, do my thing, and it was a good talk. Um, yes, I'm an angry developer, but, uh, you know, I, I've, uh, I don't know what the future holds. I don't think anyone does. I, I honestly think social media might be an era, and it might actually go away one day. I know that just sounds freaking nuts to say, but I would love to have interpersonal communication. I mean, when Slack went down today, the freaking world lost its mind it's like i have to talk to a real person now how do i get a hold of so and so my digital thing is down so um yeah i don't know where we'll end up how we're going to pay for it um we just want to connect people but i don't know that privacy is the right currency and i can tell you bitcoin is definitely not the right currency. <laughs> and <laughs> i don't know what that looks like and as kevin said is when somebody solves that i think and provides an alternative because I think all the power of social media is held in the palm of a few hands. And if, if there can be more competition, um, I think you might see uh, Facebook respond to, you know, the, the, the congressional stuff quicker. Cause I, I read a story that they've only answered half of the questions so far, you know, and who knows uh, politically, gosh, I don't know who's the gain, who's the lose, but all I know is, um, I quit Facebook. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Instagram. So am I hypocrite? Probably. So anyway, I have one more piece of business and that means I'm going to toss it to Bob. And there you go. We're going to bring the lightning.